Greetings, everybody. Welcome to the throne room with Beth Tarasi. This is kind of a weird week. We have a St. Patrick's Day. Um, in our whole entire thing, my issue of the week was the Catholic Church basically saying that gay marriages cannot be blessed. Then we had a St. Patrick's prayer and an explanation of who in the hell is St. Patrick anyway? And some of the following may contain some serious language. I'm also going to put some of, oh, it's Trenton pouring a spilled foamy can of limited edition Irish Guinness. And we had some fun just sitting there drinking the Guinness. Each of us had half a can of Guinness. It was so much fun. Uh, I hope everyone had a, a safe and happy St. Patrick's Day. This is um, basically the weirdest week I think we have on hand. Thank you. On with the show. Hello? Is this thing on? Haha, <laughs> okay, I'm just being funny. I want to make everybody aware of some things. And our issue of the week is a very fundamental issue of the human experience. We're talking the Catholic Church's decree that same-sex unions should not be blessed. I'd like to thank a buddy of mine on my Facebook. I hope you see this. Um, my friend Christine is in New York, or no, Pennsylvania. Damn, I can't keep up with everybody's location. Christine is a member of the Independent Sacramental Movement. The ISM or ISF, or uh, I forget which letter it is. I think she said ISM, but it's the Independent Sacramental Movement, which is a <clears throat> a group of what could have been excommunicated Catholics. They have women priests, they have LGBT unions and all of that, but they want to keep the core Catholic sacraments and all of that. Let me explain why I think this movement is going to get stronger. Because Rome, Italy is ass backward. Let me explain it goes back to the day I was born, okay? I was baptized at Annunciation Catholic Church. Later, I was, you know, we, we went to St. Teresa's as a family for years. My parents would go to St. Teresa Catholic, and I hated most of what happened between 5th through 8th grade. Now, don't get me wrong. There were some good things that happened at St. Teresa's. There were more bad things. I want to say the late Patricia Hutnick, Mrs. Hutnick, as some people called her, Mrs. Hutnick, our science teacher, was an extremely, she was extremely engaging. She got us talking about different scientific breakthroughs and are they ethical? That was one good thing about Mrs. Hutnick. And I kept thinking, I kept thinking about the cloning thing. She talked about cloning. She talked about 
surrogate motherhood and all of this? Well, to be quite honest, there are women who cannot, cannot get pregnant. The Catholic Church has been clear on its stance on abortion, but the Catholic Church doesn't give a fuck. Excuse my language here, but they don't give a fuck about whether a woman is raped. They want her to carry the baby. Then they want to punish her for having a baby outside of marriage. My mother probably was churched. I don't know exactly what the churching thing was, but there was an old practice that Jimmy Breslin brought up in his book, The Church That Forgot Christ. That Forgot Christ. Sorry, The Church That Forgot Christ. I think the Catholic Church really has forgotten Christ. And it's not for the reason that Jimmy Breslin is talking about. He calls in this book, Jimmy is like, we need married ministers. We need women ministers. We need more. But even though the Pope is extremely progressive, I think his stance on gay marriage is still ass backward. He's not progressive enough. Pope Francis is a good guy. Don't get me wrong. I'm not going to blame Pope Francis squarely and 100%. Only about 75% of the blame is in the the Catholic doctrine. The dogma that the Catholic Church has exhibited over the years has clearly demonstrated that only straight relationships are acceptable. Well, first of all, Catholic men also have expectations for their wives. I want to ask all you Catholic husbands out there. It doesn't, no, I'm not talking to the independent sacrament people. I'm talking to you regular old Roman Catholic guys. What do you want for your wives? What do you want in a wife that's perfect? What do you think the Bible says about wives? Husbands love your wives. Wives submit to your husbands. That's the big, that was a big turnoff for me for years. I don't think I would support the mission of a man who's gonna go out and blow up the United States, of course. And I think that's what evangelical fanatics may do someday. We need to keep those guys under control, but there's another issue with the whole submission thing that I really don't get. Does it mean sexually submit to your husbands? Well, it might. If you want a wife that wants to make love to you 24 hours a day, you're being unreasonable. If you want a wife that will sit down and cook the steak dinner that you requested or get beaten up, you're being unreasonable. If you want a wife who will organize Saturday evening parties on the daily, constantly look up different things to do or bear you seven children, you're being unreasonable. My Uncle Wade is a Roman Catholic man, okay? I love my uncle, but I cannot be caught up in the rift that's my family. My family got guardianship of me in 2004 and had it for 16 years. They wanted to ensure that I would never have children, that I would never change religions, that I would never do anything against what they believe. And before then, I was in a St. Teresa's Catholic school, which taught that pair dating was very common in the teenage years. Unfortunately, St. Teresa's morality classes 
did not prepare me for the possibility of rejection due to disability. And I want to walk into St. Teresa's school and give a talk about that. I would like to give a TED talk to all Catholic schools about why they should not be teaching morality to eighth graders. You should be teaching empathy, not morality, to eighth graders. One, you need to teach that gay relationships are okay and that gay marriage, although afflict, although, what is it? Although contrary to the dogma of the Vatican, should be blessed indeed. Because love is love. And if somebody has homosexuality in their blood and in their minds, and if there's no other choice for these people, life affirmation is better than being told, well, you know what? You can't be with this person because you're homosexual. Homosexual activities, do you realize that a rainbow could also be considered a homosexual symbol? But let's not get too politically correct here. A rainbow is God's symbol. And he said, it's in, I believe it's the book of Genesis. I don't remember whether it was chapters two or three, but I know in Genesis chapter one, that's the creation of the world. The unreasonable and weird, lauded, controversial creation of the world. But in chapter two, yes, chapter two, let me just say that this whole Sodom and Gomorrah thing, I don't know about that, but if you remember Noah and the flood, God said, I'm going to flood the earth. I'm going to flood the earth and I'm going to get rid of all the bad people and bad things. Let me explain something very careful. The rainbow, while it is on the pride flag, is actually God's symbol of never flooding the earth again. I don't know how they adopted the rainbow. And if St. Teresa says I can't draw rainbows or a little child can't draw a rainbow, guess what? They're being stupid. They're being ridiculous. Because in Genesis, whatever chapter it is, God said, I'm going to flood the earth, you know, and the whole story of Noah and the ark, right? So when Noah got out of the ark, when they arrived on Mount Ararat in Africa, they're estimating it was Ararat. I don't even know if scholars are correct on this, but remember, there was a bow in the clouds. The rainbow was God's covenant with his people never to flood the earth again. It has nothing to do with homosexuality. I understand the Catholic thing about homosexuality is bad, but St. Teresa's cannot be trusted to be teaching morality to small children. For one, the morality classes state as clearly aligns with more conservative Pope peoples, papacies, that homosexuality is evil and an abomination and sin. Then I guess being with a blind woman is sin too. Well, guess what? Blind women are prime targets for, pre- for predatory uh, men. 
I was violated when I was 17. Unfortunately, society is set up to benefit the predators. I also want to say that society should not be set up to benefit predators, but it is. I had a very, very bad comment. I'm not sure how Chas and Jack, two guys who commented on my posts, could get away with saying the things they said about, oh, all the women are perfect, all the men are bad. Quite the contrary. Society is set up for life disaffirmation for gays and lesbians, which is why the decree of the Pope, Pope Francis, as progressive as he is, had to make a back-ass, an ass-backward decree that same-sex unions cannot be blessed in the Catholic Church. I've got an idea. For you Catholics who are gay and lesbian, pack up your bags and leave. Go to the independent sacramental movement, if you would like. I would like Christine to give me some information about it. I may be putting the link in the description. If it's in the description and you can click it, great. But I'm going to do some research on the independent sacramental movement. I think we need to talk more about it. I was born a Roman Catholic and I left the Roman Catholic system for many reasons. One. Life affirmation, it doesn't just apply to LGBTQ plus individuals or LGBTQI individuals. I keep forgetting the I. But, you know, everybody knows what I'm saying. Life affirmation should also include females with disability or without disability. Teaching a female that she should, that she is at fault for a man's sins is wrong. The new creation books and family life discussions that St. Teresa's had in their 8th grade, 7th grade, 6th grade classes. For one, I am not going to do this new creation stuff with my kids. Family life discussions, as mom likes to call it. Kids can talk about sex, but we need to talk about sex within the confines of the child's mental understanding. So... Here's how I'm going to do a little bit about how to talk to your kids about sex. And kids and sex, yeah, it's hard. I know it's hard for some of you parents to talk to kids about sex. But you do need to have a talk with your kids about sex. You cannot demonstrate this in front of your children. It's way too much for them, of course. Here's how you need to explain sex to children. And this is how I would have said it. Love brings a man and a woman together. And I think it should start with, especially if you have boy and girl siblings, you might have a girl that might glance at her brother in the bathtub and say, hey, why does he have a penis? Okay. Why does he have a penis? So here's what you do. You say, well, he just happens to be assigned male. Assigned male. We're not going to say he is male because that penis could end up turning into a vagina and you don't know for sure. It's not an inclusive way to go about it. But you do have to explain. When your child asks about, what's that thing? What's that thing growing on my chest? 
I've got two little nodules growing up on my chest. You got breasts, young lady. Oh no. Then you talk slowly but surely about each part of the body. So here's another thing. And with boys, you want to say, okay, let's have a body exploration section. Take off your clothes. To the little kid in the bathtub, all you have to say is, look down. You see that little thing between your legs? That's going to make a baby when you are old enough. When you're much older, you're going to be able to make babies with that thing if you choose. But if you're not happy with it, you can always get that changed. Or you can also say something like, that's your penis. That's where all the bad stuff comes out. What your body doesn't need will go out of that thing. You just have to explain it in the basic, basic, sensual way, depending on how old the kid is. It's called... What's that thing called again? Uh, uh, spiral curriculum, yeah. Uh, something that we do with... Uh, what's his name? I think it was Piaget. Piagetian spiral curriculum. I can't remember which psychologist did that, but I know that Piaget did... Um, schemas and what kids should be knowing, operational stages and all those fun things. We learned that in college psych. So I think it might make me a better parent if I just learn how to teach my children about their bodies. They're going to need to know the names of each sexual body part as well. So for instance, that little thing between your legs is your penis and then if you're a boy, you have two testicles. Testicles and the penis must be identified so that when an abuser shows up and tries to violate the child's space, they can clearly identify where they were touched. Okay? And it's okay, children, if you are feeling violated by a teacher or priest to go to your parents about it. Parents, if, if your child is violated, if your child is violated by a trusted clergy or teacher. You need to be open to your children and you need to believe them. This is why we have a church like the Catholic Church that is simply, I mean, even the Pope said, quote, we were not looking after the little ones, quote. That was a speech. I'm kind of paraphrasing it a little bit, but his quote there, it, it suggests that He was looking more at the children than, you know, homosexuals. But you still have priests that are sitting there raping kids, and priests molesting little boys is not something the Catholic Church should be made of. I have had good things said to a priest and about me, okay? Now, there was one priest I'd like to highlight here. Father John S. Murray... He was an Irish white hair guy, kind of an old Irish guy, and I think this would be very appropriate to highlight him because St. Patrick's Day. Father Murray once told me, and this is something I'll never forget, he once told me that when he was a little boy, his family would go hunting for leprechauns in the yard. I don't know how many kids the Murray family had, but I know it was it was John and Sean, and I don't know how many damn brothers and sisters they had. But they were running around doing leprechaun hunts in the backyard. Um, For St. Patrick's Day, 
That's exactly what they did. Oh, I'm going to do a bit for St. Patrick. I'm actually going to talk about who St. Patrick was. So, on with the show. St. Patrick. Some of you might think that St. Patrick's Day is nothing but shamrocks, beer, and other sorts of things, but let me explain who St. Patrick actually was. Patrick was born all the way back in the early Christian church. He was kidnapped by Celts while walking somewhere. The Celts, at one time, did indeed do human sacrifices. At least that's what we were taught in school. The, the Celts still do certain things, offerings, and there's pagan rituals and everything. But St. Patrick converted the Celts to Christianity. At that time, all of Christianity was either Greco, Roman, Catholicism, or nothing at all. St. Patrick, along with Saints Nell and other saints from Ireland, I think there was a Saint Nell and there was a, a few other saints I can think of, but St. Patrick used... Now, here's the thing about shamrocks. The shamrock, the three-leaf clover... Four-leaf clovers are a sign of luck, okay? But the three-leaf... There's a three-leaf... It's a shamrock, okay? Shamrocks are these little flowers, okay? And they grow in Ireland, right? And what Patrick decided to do was he taught the Celts about the Trinity using the, sh the shamrock. I have a bracelet that has a stone shamrock on it. It's really pretty. Damn it! I want my shamrock earrings! I need more shamrock stuff. I need more shamrock stuff. But anyway, the three leaves of the shamrock that Patrick was talking about are the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And that was what he used to teach them about Christ and God and the Holy Spirit. So that's where we get, you know, the shamrocks and stuff. St. Patty's Day is also famous for drinking. And that, I'm not sure where that came from, but yes, I'm very proud to be Irish, partly. Another thing about Irish history I kind of want to point to there's a prayer that St. Patrick, it was found on his shield. And we did have some Irish nuns at St. Teresa's. I'm glad to say we had, we had Sister Kathleen O'Brien, fine woman from Ireland. She taught us a beautiful bunch of songs. One of my favorites is the Yahweh song, but I won't sing it because... I don't think Yahweh is God's name. In the Jewish culture, they say El or Adonai or El Shaddai. Different, different names for God. There are also 99 such names of God in the Islamic religion tradition. I won't go into those. There's too many of them. But, and then there was Sister Hilda. And then there was Sister Vera. Waylon from Ireland. 
wait, was Hilda Irish? I can't remember. But Sister Kathleen and Sister Vera were both very, very fond, fond of me. And they were Irish nuns. But here's what I remember of the prayer on St. Patrick's Shield, though. What was St. Patrick's prayer? Oh, dear. Basically, what St. Patrick did in his prayer was he wished everybody well. He wanted the kingdom of Christ to be with everyone. Christ be ever before us, behind us, around us. Now, I'm going to give you an Irish blessing as best I can. Irish blessings are extremely beautiful, but I'm going to give everybody an Irish blessing before I finish this. This is something you say to somebody before you leave in Ireland. Like, if you're doing something really big, like a wedding, a party, man, Irish people know how to friggin' party. And, of course, I have a couple of... There's a guy named Pat. Yes, Pat. Who's one of the cab drivers. He's a sweetheart. Oh, Lord, he's a sweetheart. Um, he's got a big family, and they always come over for parties. And, well, yeah, just the usual rah-rah, you know. <laughs> Now, I'm trying to remember the first word of the Irish blessing, but may the road rise up to meet you. May the wind be always at your back. May the sun shine warmly upon your face. May the water fall softly on your fields. And until we meet again, may God hold you in the palm of his hand. Amen. Thank you so much, everybody. And happy St. Patrick's Day. Stay safe. I will be posting a bit, maybe about the safety of drinking and driving around St. Patrick's Day. Thanks, all of you. On with the show. It is indeed St. Patrick's Day already. And because of St. Patrick's Day, I was going to do... I'm actually thinking of doing a review of an Irish punk album that I really like. And this is an older album, but whatever. This is... I cannot decide between The Warrior's Code by Dropkick Murphys. They're really good. Then you got The Young Dubs. Dubliners. Oh boy! Thank you, Clayton. He just he just texted me. Oh my! I love Clayton to death. He's such a sweetheart. I'm gonna have a drink for Clayton because I need to. I just need to have a drink for Clayton. Okay? <laughs> no, but as far as the Irish punk rock thing, I like Irish punk rock because it's fun and there's a lot of modern social issues that are detailed in I think the warrior's code might be a bit better but I want to say that the the flogging mollies have a lot of diatonic musicians in their band like they have a bunch of tin whistles and you can't well you gotta have a ton of different tin whistles in order to play every key okay 
And I think that's why they were kind of they were kind of weird about the um, you know. But then they kind of did this one song on their album called "Cruel Mistress," and that was a cool song. One of my favorite songs from Flogging Molly, though, is "The Rare Old Times." How do they tackle traditional Irish classics? The Rare Old Times is actually here's a fun fact. Um. An Irish IRA anthem about a cooper from Dublin. And the speaker is, he says, my name it is Sean Dempsey, as Dublin as can be. And then he goes into this whole detail about how he courted this young girl, lost her to a stute lad. You know how that goes? Like, when you're singing a song like that, you really have to know what the song is about. The guy is upset. Sean Dempsey is an angry-ass Irish guy who's like, I don't like the fact that my trade has been made a mockery of. Anyway, happy St. Patrick's Day, y'all. I hope that you all have drunk at least one Guinness for me. Will you drink a little for me, will you? I'm going to try to get this to air... This might air after St. Patrick's Day, but I hope that you all had a very safe St. Patrick's Day. Um, if you see this after St. Patrick's Day, that is. Um, remember on all the holidays where drinking is popular, especially coming up on Easter and Cinco de Mayo, you've got, I mean got, to be safe while drinking. Do not drink and drive, and if you are blind, hell, don't drink too much either. You still need to be able to get your cane out, and I don't know how the hell Clayton manages to drink an enormous amount while blind. Uh, it's bad enough when you're blind and you're walking around. <laughs> Can you imagine adding the layer of being drunk? I can't imagine myself being blind and drunk because people say I walk like one, so I'm not really going to worry about it. But, but if you are sighted and you have a car, be friggin' responsible and don't drink and drive. Thank you very much. Don't be a heel. Don't get the, don't get behind the wheel and be a heel while you're drinking and driving and <laughs> don't get the stick. Don't be a dick. Da, 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 da. Okay, that's Christmas. Whatever. <laughs> Thank you all and I hope that you all have a safe week. Okay. Hey. Uh, what? This is, uh, this will be reposted to also my channel. Oh, definitely. I'll give it to you, darling. I don't have to. What? I just hit the repost button. Oh, oh, right, right. Never mind. Happy St. Patrick's. Happy St. Patrick's Day, everybody. This is a recording that we're going to do this evening for St. Patrick's Day. And then I'm going to... I'm putting it... Oh, what are you doing here? Uh, Why did you run into me, dear? Because I'm weird. <laughs> Okay, so... Then you ran into the door. Nice. Yes, I ran into the table. Whatever. I'm going to sit down. You get the Guinness in the glasses, honey. Yeah, Let's have a uh, toast, my dear. Yes, uh, we have... Uh, eight eight cans of limited edition, edition Irish Guinness beer. So we're going to try this stuff. Eight limited edition Irish beer. I will firstly... Grab glasses first. Yeah. And then I will pour each one next to the recorder. Yeah. I'm going to put it right. 
Here. That should be good enough. Yeah. The mic will pick it up. There you go. Good. Okay. Now just open the can. It's a tab, like a soda pop can. Should be released. Well, actually, you know what? We may be doing uh, two cups just because the can mm -hmm. in general is at least half the size of these mugs. So. Yeah, you can get like two of the small mugs. Okay, let me. Uh, get two of the small cups. It's okay. I don't. It's it's in the cabinet with all the other glasses. It's all they're all in the cabinet with the glasses. Just and they're on the left side, I think. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we we could do two cups, but well, it's two small cups. Well, there's like let me a beer. Okay, this is the cup I'm thinking of using. Oh, that one? That's a beer mug? Yeah, well, typically Jesus. all of them are beer mugs. It just depends on, on what. I want you to be able to. We've got two small glasses that we can use because the cup. The cup. The can well, is about as tall as the mug. Yeah, not in this one. Oh, okay, fine, whatever. Just do it halfway for each mug. Yeah. yeah, just put if you need to do the dipstick method, feel free. So, this is um, Trenton's attempt at pouring Guinness. Now, mind you, I went to Nolan's Irish Pub. Let's make sure that we have the mugs and the can right up the bank. Um, I'm sitting right here and the mics are going to need to be pointed toward the... Eh? Oh, let me see the can. Oh, it's about as big as those mugs. Okay, so... That's why I'm saying I'm probably going to have to get two. Two One mugs? for each mug. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just because they're... Two cans or... Yeah. Two... Because they're... They're eight ounce. Right, but I thought you wanted to share one can. I, uh, unless you want to do half a cup each. I was, we could, I don't really drink beer as often, so we need to do at least half a cup each. Well, in that case, you get the smaller one. Yeah, that's fine. Oh. I'll get the smaller cup. Anyway. Yeah, just. Okay. Here we go, guys. One. Two. Three. Ooh, watch out. We're good. Ooh, that's stuff. Oh my god. And by the way, if it makes a mess lately, we have rags. We have rags? Yeah, we do. Paper towels, too. Yeah, we yeah, do. Yeah, we have plenty. Okay. I just don't want it getting on the mic. Oh, yeah. Sorry yeah. about that, folks. Uh, move the recorder just a bit. Oh, yeah. a small towel. Okay. Yeah, it's, it's spilled all over the place. Yeah, not that bad. But it spilled. Yeah. Look, see? It's a, I see? You have to open it slower next time. 
shit. I don't know how much fell out. How much? How much? Are you sure? It was the phone. Phone? Yeah, that's exactly... Oh, God. See? I forgot. See? I want you to know. Okay, okay, okay. Well, uh... Yes, let me see. Okay. Alright, you got the... Go ahead and try to... Okay, fine. Throw that away. Throw that paper towel away. This has got beer all over it. Or do you wanna... I'm also gonna wipe off the top a little. Wipe the top off a little bit, that's fine, that's and it. then throw it away. Yeah. Cause we gotta pour, just pour slowly but surely into each glass until it's halfway up and you feel something against your finger. Okay. Whoa, man, oh man, this is gonna be good stuff! We, we should probably know that Beth's trying to particularly is a... Uh, Mm-hmm. Uh, what's a, uh, a non-mature friendly channel? I mean, no. My channel is usually very, very no, she, weird and sexy and stuff. Yeah, no. but she never does the mature tag. Uh, uh, well, I do the mature tag. Well, okay, kind On of. LBRY, Sometimes. usually because the songs I sing are not mature, no. tag-worthy. Should, should this have a mature flag? No, no. I didn't say anything bad, so... Wait, oh, you said no, I cuss word. No, I didn't. Oh, I don't even remember what you I said. You just did say the cuss word. Which one did I say? The S-H word. <laughs> Fine. Yeah. Well, it's going to be a mature one because it involves alcohol, so whatever. But I'm also putting this on my podcast because this will be bonus material. So if you're subscribed to my podcast, you're hearing this. And if you're on my LBRY channel, you're hearing this. Okay, let's get pouring, shall we? Yeah, hold on. What? Gotta get one more. What the hell? Just this small towel. Oh, come on, honey. Hey, I just like things clean her. Honey! Of course, maybe I'm just a stickler for... Well, you're the stickler for spotless. Well, honey... Honey, we... It's fine, dear. It's fine. Oh, dear. The beer is... It's going to spill everywhere if you don't pour it right. Boy. All right, folks. Let's 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 try this. Let's try this. (laughs) You got to put the can right next to the... I know that. Yeah, and then just... Just make sure you don't let it spill anymore. I don't want to let it spill. Please. Oh man. Just use the dipstick method. There you go. Pour up here. Yeah. That should do. Let's see. Oh, thank you, dear. Is good. That's good. That's good. Very good job. I'm gonna try this. And now, my dears, Trenton is pouring the rest of the beer. Now, the, <laughs> it's not the best way to do Guinness, cause the Guinness is supposed to have the foamy stuff on top. Yeah, but. Uh, but if we did it that way, then it would be. Um, it would spill everywhere. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So. This is not a scientific. Not a scientific experiment. Oh. Almost. 
Bless you, darling. Nah, but okay, the last time I ever had Guinness Port was, oh, it wasn't bad, Trenton. Let me take a sip. I'm gonna drink to everything. <laughs> uh, cheers. Cheers, indeed. Clink. <laughs> yeah, time that well. Mmm. And then we just sip it slowly but surely. Oh my god. Um, I think I'm gonna sing a really obscure Irish drinking ditty that I, I remember hearing this at Katie's Pub. I've heard this at, I might have heard this at Katie's Pub, but then I also went to, um... Not in Florida? No, here. Specify, not did you? No, 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 no. Katie's Pub is in Denver, and it was in Denver. And then I went and saw some bagpipes and Highland Dancers and stuff at like Nolan's Irish Pub years ago. You just said it was in Denver. Well, I don't think Katie's is open anymore. I don't know because we've had a pandemic and stuff. So I'm going to sing a song that I heard at both of these places. It's a very classic Irish ditty. It is not Danny Boy. It is. I'm going to sing a little bit of the song called The Rising of the Moon. Oh, come tell me, Sean O'Farrell, where the gathering is to be. By the hot spot by the river, well, quite well known to you and me. God, I'm trying to remember. <laughs> I'm not drunk, and I'm not going to sing it drunk. Oh. Yeah. Oh, come tell me, Sean O'Farrell, tell me why you hurry so. Hush a book, oh, hush and listen. Oh, his cheeks were all aglow. I bear orders from the captain, get you ready quick and soon. For the pikes must be together at the rising of the moon, at the rising of the moon, at the rising of the moon. For the pikes must be together at the rising of the moon. Ain't that good, huh? Yum. A good beer. I guess the foam isn't necessary. No, but I'll try to make sure it's uh. We want there next time. Yeah, just. Yeah, this is definitely a share. This is definitely a, share a shareable beer. beer. It's good, man. It's. Unfortunately, though, we can't keep all eight of these cans for long. Nope. So. We're gonna have to drink some Guinness at least a little every day. Hey Google. Volume four. Wait, it didn't pick up the Hey Google. Volume picked up four. the wrong one. Oh it did? You gotta pick it up in the living room. Hey Google. Are you there? Volume four. I just picked the wrong one. Uh, how long does Guinness last in the refrigerator?
I think we'll be fine. Yeah. We could still, well, we could whip out the beer every time we want to um, celebrate. Yeah. Yeah. Um. As always, Beth's recordings are raw and whatnot. <laughs> she don't like edits at all. I don't like to do edits. But I also have heard the rising of the moon. That's my, oh. Um. Oh, there's another song that I heard on the uh, Irish pub rock radio. If you guys want to experience the Irish life and have some Irish fun. It's Pandora. It's Pandora. They have Irish pub rock radio. I think it's there year-round, but it's... I love Irish music. I've always loved it. Now i got to get into some rock music, Irish punk. No, it's only U.S., sadly. <sighs> yeah. Hey, you think Pandora's only U.S., huh? No, it is only U.S. Right. As far as I know, anyway. Hey, Google. Is Pandora in any other country than the United States of America? So, probably she hasn't talked about it on her show, but mm-hmm. on her, uh, her podcast, really, as this will be on the podcast also, not just on library. But you can also, if you really like, I, ha- I actually did talk about one particular album that I liked by a Dropkick Murphys. If you're into those guys, Dropkick Murphys did this one. They did a real number on the old song, The All Triangle, which is a song written about, as I said, a political prison. I don't think I mentioned this part, but it was um, some guy in prison kind of locked up for political reasons, and he wrote this poem about what it was like in prison. Did you talk about the Tuna UK thing? The two what? TuneIn, if you are in the UK, you oh, are Oh, yes. To, uh, you can't use TuneIn in the UK anymore. Well, unless it's UK stations. Yeah, only UK stuff yeah. is available in the UK. Yeah. Uh, That's not good. Nope. Um, shockingly, Apple Music uses TuneIn for their streams. For their streams. So now... No Mushroom FM, no Team FM. At least I think that's the... Correct from yeah, and there's a lot of blind people in the UK that are going to be really upset about that. I don't know what Mosin's going to do about that, but Jonathan Mosin. Jonathan Mosin is really a great One guy. Of the, uh, long-time broadcasters of radio everywhere. Anyway. Oh God, he's wonderful. And Give me a shout out to Jonathan Mosin. I'm going to. Might as well drink to his radio station, as it's one of the greatest radio stations ever. Is it the best one? Uh, well, hey, I'm not going to judge. Nah. There's many blind radio stations that have gone and come over the years. Come and gone, and Mushroom FM has opened and closed its doors on occasion. No. Yeah. Uh, Mint FM was a was popular fine. one back in the day. Uh, yeah, my friend Angel was on there. Uh, Sky 106 uh, was a thing God, for a while. That was, that was a thing, yeah. Um... Uh... 
Hot ninety, no, Hot Radio ninety seven, I think. Well, there was there was also um, God, I'm trying to remember the ones David Dunphy used to do. Audio, audio. Audio Mirror FM. Yeah, um, Shockwave Radio. Oh, geez, he's done multiple radio projects, and they've all gone. Uh, TVRN is one of the only's that are still around. So, the alone. Beyond Radio Network. Yeah. And yeah, I, be already yeah and I also want to give a shout out to Patrick Perdue. This is your day. Uh, yes, I know his name is not Pat. Well, Patrick's his middle name. Yeah, he called He's him. called Patrick. Yeah, he always called, called him Patrick. We always call him Patrick, but I, I like the name. You know, I have a cousin named Patrick too. I don't think I told you. Patrick Wade. That's his name. Is Radio Free Dish not still a thing? I don't know, but I know the Drunken Friends Radio Network is still a thing. Uh, oh. Because Radio Free Dish Nuts is where things itself was. Oh my god. They, he switched over. Oh, here's another ditty. I gotta do this one. Flogging Molly did a number on this one too. And this is also done by Jim, Jim McCann. Has a more reverent version of it. But I like how Flogging Molly does it. But I can't sing it in their key. So I'm gonna do it in G. But this is... Oh God, this is such a sad song, but it, it does speak to many sad things in Dublin, Ireland. Um, this one's called The Rare Old Times. My name it is Sean Dempsey, it's Dublin as you please, I born of Pimlico and something. I forgot that line, but but then it tells a great story, and then it goes, For trade I was a cooper. He was a cooper, right? And... I forgot the damn verse. No, but my favorite verse is this one. And I courted Peggy Dignan As pretty as you please Roving child of Mary and the rebel liberties Lost her to a student lad As uh, skin as black as coal When he took her to way to Birmingham She took away my soul That's my favorite verse. Sad song. Are you trying to tell me she took away mine? What? Are you trying to tell me she took away mine? No, no, what? Okay. No, 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 no. This is, the, in the intro. song, it's Sean Dempsey saying that when Peggy went away with that other guy, he was heartbroken, basically. It's it's one of my favorite parts of the song. When the guy went, was heartbroken, huh? Yeah, it, because you know how so many people get heartbroken? Yeah. And Peggy was perfectly Irish, and he wanted her. She went away with that guy from Birmingham, and he was like, oh, my God. But the whole song pretty much tells about how Sean's trade, he was a cooper in a house that ceased to be the Dempsey family, basically, in Dublin. It's an IRA anthem, but I think my favorite song, I'm trying to think of which song is, there's a lot of different anthems I can think of that are, oh, I got a drink. Mm. Don't mind me. I'm having a cookie. 
one of the... Uh, shamrock ones? No, the other one. Oh, hand me one of those too. I had two of the shamrocks earlier. I'm just being... Hand me a chocolate chip okay. cookie. Where are those things, anyway? The chocolate chips are in the back with the next to the... Next to the... Oh, next to the coffee cup. Well... The coffee? Well, no. They're next to the egg thing. Oh, okay. Well, just grab me a cookie, will you? Yeah, yeah I will. Um, Tally. Oh. Uh, yeah, we have a... They have a friend of ours and who uh, made us, or, well, she, no, she did. She made us uh, cookies. Yeah. Um, Carolyn, I want to give a shout out to you. Thank you for the cookies. Carolyn. Carolyn, she's, she's a very, she's a longtime friend of mine. She's a really sweet lady. And you know what? Her kids are adorable. Of course, Jack's a hungry boy. He keeps eating. He's going to be really big. Just watch. Uh, we, the, 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 the cookies are, she made so many of them that. Yeah. Um, she made way too many of them. have an extremely large bowl ones. And they're chewy. Yeah. Good. Good. They beat so many chocolate chips now. Mm-hmm. Mm. You want me to stop here or what? Um. Well, I'll finish your cookie first. Okay. Mm. Ooh, we go eat chocolate. Mm. So, I did want to let folks know that uh, Euro Nation, they, Euro Nation, a dance, um, a dance music show based out in Ontario, Canada. Can be heard on DJ FM. Yep. DJFM.ca. And on YouTube Live. In fact, they're going to start exclusively doing Twitch streams at uh, twitch.tv slash Nation as well. Hmm. As far as I know, that's the address. Check your local mm-hmm. listings. Um, mm-hmm. you, you can follow them at Euro Nation on Twitter. They're also on Facebook at Euro Nation Live as well. And their site is Euronation.ca. Mm. What's so great about that? It's not yummy and stuff. It's a cookie. Well, I thought you meant the .ca domain. No. This cookie is gooey, ooey, chewy, delicious. Yep, Euronation.ca. Supposedly... If you live in Canada, you don't have to have a domain, but that's a perk. Yeah. Um, oh my god, this cookie. I mean, yeah, there's that .us, but how many folks use a .us domain? Well, the, .gov is usually the U.S. government. Yeah, that's true. But .com is so recognizable. 
Stop right here, but oh, um, technically, you already wrapped up earlier, didn't you? I kind of did, but I didn't stop. But well, no, I mean, in the contact thing. The oh, contact well, thing, this is the bonus stuff. Well, yeah, the contact thing's already been done. It's said, yeah, it's well, I actually didn't do contact information, but I'll put no, forget I mean, it. This isn't bonus content. What do you mean, this is bonus content? If it were bonus content, people wouldn't know how to contact me. No, because if there was bonus content, your contact info would have already been mentioned already. Oh. So technically, your content has been your, your content. Oh. Your contact info has been already mentioned. So this is bonus content on the side, assuming folks still go around. Well, so. yeah, but I am going to mention it right here. No, if you want, no, yes, no, yes, no, I will. No, 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 why, why, why? Because I said so. You can put it in the, you know, the description box. I will put it in the description box. You are just so weird. You are the weird one. Just visit TrentonMatthews.com because TrentonMatthews.com is cooler than DenverQueen.com. Oh, shut up. Visit DenverQueen.com for your one-stop shop because you've got an email address you can email me. For inquiries about my interview, and please don't call me if you're looking for a beauty salon. Sorry, no, I haven't even put the phone number up there yet. No, but... Just for that reason. Yes, but I'm going to do the phone number in the description box. Okay, fine. For interviews. Yeah. When it is safe to do so, but it's... People are bugging me about some beauty beauty salon. salon. Yeah, my number apparently was a beauty salon. Yeah, they Google voice. (sighs) It's really weird. Really weird. I'm getting so many weird calls. It's like, what the hell? Anyway, happy St. Patrick's Day, y'all. Thank you, flower. No problem, chocolate. And thank you for pouring my Guinness, dear. Anytime. <laughs>